Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlich and McLean. And we have a game tonight, the only game on the telly, Eric McLean. It's Clemson and Duke, the biggest game uh, of the night, because that's the only one, as I've said. But Mac, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Mac is in another location. Where is Mac today? (laughs) I am at this game, KG. Let's freaking go. You just had an awesome weekend of of games here. And to kind of pull back the curtain here, uh, it is Sunday. FSU has not played yet. We will talk about that. Uh, your tomorrow, not Tuesday. our tomorrow, uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. So check it out on Tuesday. We will have the full weekend analysis, recap, talk about all the games. Uh, so you can check that out Tuesday. So you got to wait today. We're talking strictly Clemson and Duke, massive game, a lot of opportunity, and uh, super excited for this because we have a really nice guest too, KG, who graced us with his presence. Yes, indeed we do. Riley Leonard is joining us, the Duke quarterback. And of course, Mac, this is just so you that you're at your hotel in Durham, you go down to the lobby, you're trying to go to the car to get your computer, and you run into Riley Leonard's parents and Graham Barton's parents. I mean, that's that's you, Mac, of course, and y'all chatted up. It, it was amazing uh, just to run into them. And, and uh, great people, by the way. I, I truly understand why their sons are the way that they are. So that was awesome. So big shout out to Mama Barton and Mama Riley and, and uh, you know hanging out and talking with them. And, of course, Pops on, on both sides as well. So that was awesome, super cool, super fun. But uh, this interview right here was was really great. So big shout-out to Kat uh, for making this happen. And, of course, Riley for his time. Still bearded, by the way, in this interview. Not bearded anymore. So here, without further ado, the bearded Riley Leonard. Did you know Ingalls only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day. Grass-fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Riley Leonard, man, back on the podcast. Great to see you, brother. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you guys having me. That's right. Well, Riley, you I remember having you on last year before, I would say before the world really knew who Riley Leonard was. <laughs> and um, we were so impressed with you. And so then we weren't surprised when you blew up and had an incredible season. But one thing that I really appreciate about you was you were very humble. You were always, you know, trying to give back. And you did that this year. You had a youth football camp back in your hometown, back in Alabama. Graham Barton was there, who we just had on the pod, by the way, back a couple weeks ago. Tell us about that, why that was important to you. And it's cool that NIL and the new rules allow you guys to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that was you know one of the best days of my life. Obviously, coming from a community like Fairhope, everybody has your back. Um, you know, it's, it's a smaller community. So to be able to give back um, and have that camp there, I was, I was able to have my high school coaches and my Little League coaches help out and coach these kids. Um, my mom was there. She, she's a teacher. She had all of her students come. It was just it was just one of those days that you'll never forget. And to be able to bring Graham Barton along with me, I mean, he's great with kids. You guys know how he is. Um, 
you know, one of the best people I've ever met in my life too. <laughs> and, and then a, a, along with that, the, the, proceed, the proceeds were able to go to a, a local charity in Fairhope, awesome. um, the Fair Produce Youth Club. And then the other half were able to go to my grandfather's foundation in Africa. Wow. He's over there right now. He builds schools wow. um, for three or four months every single year. And uh, yeah, he's doing great stuff. My brother's over there with him now. So they're doing a lot, of, a lot of great stuff. I'll have wow. to share with you guys some please. of the pictures. Yeah, please do. It's, we'll we'll it's get really it on the, crazy. the podcast here. What part of, uh, what part of Africa? Where, where are they? So it's in Zimbabwe. He's been going there for 20-something oh, wow. years, feeding wow. you know, over 20,000 kids a day. And, and the, it's really their only meal you know, that they, that they yeah. have access to every single yeah. day. So, man, I would, uh, yeah. if you haven't gone over there, I'd encourage you to do it, man. I, I went to Kenya, uh, for a medical mission trip a couple years ago and mm. it's, uh, it's transformational. It really is just to see, you know, we, we think that we have problems and I mean, mm. it doesn't even sniff, you know, the things that they're yeah. dealing with over there. Yeah, so he, he, it's crazy. He sent me some pictures this morning of, of lions wow. that were like 10 <laughs> yards away. Oh and, uh, goodness. yeah, so it's, it's crazy, man. Golly. Gosh. Well, I feel like I'm talking to a lion right now, man. I see oh, some scruff see coming in. Hey, hey, I forgot Come a razor. On, I, I forgot to bring a razor to the hotel. So <laughs> oh, and the O-line wanted me to shave the head, but I couldn't do that for him. So oh, no. Please don't. I'm seeing Please what don't. I can yeah. do. I, I like the beard, though. Okay. And, and you kind of just, you peel back the curtain a little bit here as we're in, uh, what is it, Camp Wally Way? Yeah. What was it called? Camp Wally? What is it called <laughs> Camp, right now? Camp Wally Way, I believe. Yeah. So, and you guys, I mean, you guys literally leave and, and go somewhere. So, how, how has that been? I never experienced that. I got to go home. Thank God. Uh, but, but you're in a hotel? Like, what, what is what is camp like right now? Yeah, no. So, we're, we're just at a hotel right across the street. <laughs> but, uh, so, we just walk back and forth every single day. But it's real nice. They, they spoil us, man. They're you know, they're making our beds every day for us. They treat us pretty good oh, here, dude. Oh, that's awesome. I'm telling you. It, <laughs> is it weird, nice. though, being, like, removed, like, not going to your own bed? Like, is it – I guess, what what is the benefit for your perception of being able to maybe unplug and, and get away from the day-to-day? Yeah, it's it's cool to be, you know, kind of off campus a little bit and not have to, you know, worry about school or anything right now. We, we just finished with summer classes, so it's just strictly football. So it's great to just be able to come you from – you know, football to the hotel, back and forth all day, and uh, you know, really just dial in for the month of August. Yeah, that makes sense, and and I think it's going to um, benefit you guys. I would say so. Let's look ahead. We're going to release this, Riley. Just so you know, we're going to release this the week before the season starts. So the week of the Duke Clemson game, which we are all very excited for. So let's talk about your team and something that Mac told me. He talked with you about at ACC Media Day that the thing that you wanted to improve upon the most was your just leadership ability. You are the guy going into camp. Last year, you were technically in a quarterback battle. So how has that been for you? How, how do you think you've improved upon that skill? Yeah, so last year, you know, the focus was kind of on myself. I had to prove myself, um, had to gain my own type of confidence for my personal game. But this year, it's how can I bring the guys with me? You know, obviously, being a year, you know, going through a year of a starting quarterback, I've realized the importance of everybody else on the field. So, you know, bringing these young guys up, uh, these young receivers. We got some new great offensive linemen transfers that came in. Just getting getting you know to know these guys and and bring them along with me has been you know the biggest thing for me this camp. I love that man, and I have to think that that just will translate to even more confidence on the field, right? And and the leadership role of this is your team. You know, you are the face you know of Duke football now, and I know that comes with with a heavy crown and and all those different things. But you know, at the quarterback position, I, I always reference this when we ask you you know why did you mm-hmm. decide between basketball and football and you know you're, you're just there's only one sport that you're the guy every single play and, and you know you wanted that so I know you're excited for that and can, to continue to build on it but how is your game like looking on the field I know the leadership aspect how has your game improved from year one to year two yeah I think 
I think I've just grown, you know, and I've become a lot more mature with my decision making. I think I've I've realized that to win a football game, it's not going to take the it's not going to take the big plays. It's it's situational football, really. Mm. So on first and on first and ten, it's not how can we score this play? It's how we can get four yards. On second and long, it's how can I get half. Um, on second and short, can we take a shot? These situational type stuff is is Coach Elko's biggest biggest emphasis mm. every day in the meeting room. He, he calls it FBI football intelligence, and everybody <laughs> on the team, you know, knows that there isn't a single play that's ran for no reason. Mm. Every single call has a purpose. And for me to be able to understand exactly what the coaches are thinking every down has been kind of the next step for me. The intelligence is such a big piece, and it's hard for guys, right? Especially when, you know, high school you're just killing dudes, like big play after big play. And, I mean, this is hard. It's hard to execute. It's hard to win. What what was the biggest, I guess, help or aid in the mind shift of, I just got to get half here? That's so important Mm -hmm. what you just said on like a second and long or situationally third and long. How did you help, I guess, lock that in that I, we don't have to just go over the top every play? We don't have to get this big play. Yeah, it's something that takes, you know, a lot of time and a lot of understanding, you know, especially for a, a, a quarterback coming back after, a, you know, a pretty good year last year. You think to yourself, oh, man, you know, I got to do so much more. I got to make this play, make that play. But Coach does a real job, real, really good job of keeping me humble and keeping just me focused on, on what's really important. Um you know, that, and that's Coach Johns, too. Coach Johns talks about that with me every single day. We're constantly going over how, how I can make better decisions. And that's really all the game comes down to. It's not who has the strongest arm. It's not who's the fastest, strongest on the field. You know, you look at the greatest quarterbacks of all time, they're, they're constantly just making the right decisions. Mm, that's true. And I feel like, you know, Duke's a good school to really preach that FBI, that football intelligence. I think yeah. Mike Elko probably yeah, we gotta, likes that. <laughs> right. we got to play to our advantage. We're, we're not going <laughs> to be the right. fastest and strongest, but, you know, we – you know, we do have some smart guys on the team, so we, we definitely use that to our advantage. <laughs> we have some smarts, and I, I think everyone yeah. can see that. So I think one thing with your wide receivers here, Riley, when people talk about these wide receiver rooms in the league, people talk about Florida State. They talk about Wake Forests. Um, you know, people are expecting a lot from Clemson's. Clemson's has kind of been down. But I think people are sleeping on Duke's wide receiver unit with Jalen Calhoun, Jordan Moore, with Hagans. I know Eli um, is out at least for the foreseeable future, but what have you seen from these guys and, and what excites you about your wide receivers? Yeah, the thing that excites me the most is they like to be the underdogs. They don't want mm. the attention. They they love reading lists and not seeing their name on it. Ooh. That's what keeps them going every day that they walk into the facility. And you know, that's what I liked about, you know, myself last year. You know, obviously I am on these lists now, so it's a little bit of a different mentality. But at the same time, you know, it, it all comes down to just playing ball with your boys. Uh, the receivers have done a great job. You know, we got a lot, like I said, a lot of young guys that are stepping up. Makai Wall, Paulos Cook. These guys are going to have to make some plays for us this year. And, uh, you know, we just have the underdog mentality just like last year. Yeah. Riley, what, what does the behind the scenes look like with your wide receivers? I think it's, it's unique to hear, you know, kind of every quarterback's story. But is it late night throwing sessions? Is it film sessions? Is it hanging out and just building camaraderie? What, what did you find, I guess, worked the best? as you're going into year two as the guy with your with your teammates? Yeah, obviously we're always hanging out outside of football, whether it's, you know, going out on the golf course, messing around, uh, <laughs> like going fishing. Like obviously <laughs> we do all that stuff. But I think what's most important for, for us and what keep, makes us special is watching film and not only watching film but asking questions. I think it's it takes a lot of humility for, you know, somebody in players of our caliber to ask each other, hey, how can I get better? Mm. And, and nobody ever points the finger. It's always, hey, how can I help you out? 
that's the, that's the biggest thing. Whenever Calhoun runs a route, you know, I miss him. He goes one way, I go the other. It's it's not, don't do this, don't do that. It's, how can we fix this? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the vibe across the entire receiver room. Everybody just wants to compliment each other's game. Yeah, excited to see it, man. I know everybody, it's all about passing, but uh, I, I think, what, what what do we hear? You, you score to pass, but you win when you run. And, and you guys, man, I have high expectations for that offensive line. Uh, I ranked them number two in the conference, and a lot of people raise their eyebrows, but you know, I kind of know what I see there, and especially this this running back core. Um, I mean, having three guys over 400 yards, the, the things that they're able to do from a running back room perspective, how have they taken a step forward? Because, I mean, there, there's three running backs, excuse me, two running backs that are over 100 rushing attempts. The third was 79. I mean, he's right there. You guys are going to ground the football. How have, how have those guys in that room gotten better? Yeah, and, and not to mention Peyton Jones. He's a young, true freshman who's going to make a lot of plays this year. Oh, look I think out. The biggest, <laughs> Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's legit. I think the biggest thing about them is once you see, for example, Jacquez Moore, if, if he broke a 60-yard touchdown, the first guys running down the sideline would be Jalen Coleman and Jordan Waters. That's, a, that's the type of group that they have. And that's, you know, a huge credit to Coach Troop, Trooper Taylor. He's, he's been, around, been around for a while. But he just, you know, really supports everybody, and they support each other. So no matter, you know, who's getting more reps, everybody just loves each other. And, and that, that just goes down to the unselfishness that we have around this program. Riley, I asked Mac this question when we were doing our Duke preview, because last year you were Duke's leading rusher, and we know what you can do with your legs, all right? It's been proven. But the number one thing is Duke needs you on the field. They need you to stay healthy. So how has that been from a coaching perspective? What, what have the coaches wanted from you? Do they want you to, hey, let go juke that guy out of his shoes, go get, however, go get the first down, or do they, they want you to kind of be able to throw the ball away when you need to? What, what's been the vibe there? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, yeah. It's very tricky. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, I, I, my job is to win football games. So if I, need to, if I need to run the ball and get hit, I'm going to get hit. And, and I don't know if that's exactly what they want to hear, but you know, they want to win football <laughs> games too. So uh, it's, it's a weird dilemma. Uh, obviously, the coaches want me to protect myself more, and I will do a better job at that. But if the defense gives me, you know, the running capabilities, that's, that's what I'm going to take. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. not going to think about – my future too much. I know that's maybe different than a lot of people say, but I just want to win football games, however it may be. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think that spreads to your team. I mean, yeah. I think guys see that and feel that, and it only makes them go harder, right? And, and again, I know they might be holding their breath, uh, but I, I think it does make them play better. Riley, when you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, months ago, um, you know, people started playing you differently towards the end of the year because yep. of that. H- how does that change your decision-making process based on what you see, do, do you have to, you know, scramble sideways, ver- you know, instead of vertically and try to extend a play? What, what's the biggest difference when maybe they don't give you those running lanes that you want? Yeah, I'm, I, don't, I have no problem when they come out with the spies. You know, obviously I didn't have too many rushing yards towards the end of the season. You look at Pitt and you look at Wake. But during those games, we had our receivers step up big time. So if they want to spy me, that just gives us, you know, better advantages on the outside. I know Jordan Moore against Pitt had 200 yards, and then we threw for, I don't know, around around 300 against Wake. So, I mean, I have no problem ending the year with zero rushing yards and letting these guys go to work for me. Through around 300. Uh, it was 391 to be exact. <laughs> but who's, who's uh, counting? Who's counting? <laughs> he's humble, Matt. He's humble. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
whatever it takes. Okay, let, let's talk about your defense here, Riley, because I know that the defense is going to be a big part of Duke this year. We know Mike Elko, big defensive guy. Um, Dwayne Carter's back, a.k.a. Mr. President, so we know you're excited to have him back. Give us some other names that have just kind of been impressing you. I mean, you've been going against these guys every day in fall camp. Yeah, um, so our D-line is, is stacked. We, we have a lot of return, returners there that could have gone to the NFL. Um, on, on the secondary, we have Al Blades and Miles Jones, two transfers that are going to come in big time for us. Um, Josh Pickett and Chandler, Jones, or Chandler um, were, were huge for us last year, uh, and they'll step up again. And then in the secondary, we have you know a transfer of Jeremiah Lewis, who is actually a former Blue Devil, went to Northwestern and came back. So he's great to have around the program again. Uh, yeah, and then Jalen Stinson, you know, another safety. You know, we, we have, we're a very experienced group, and we're going to have to use that to our advantage, like, like I keep saying. Yeah, I'm excited to see that those guys, can they take away the ball at the same rate or even at a better rate, you know, and, and get you guys more opportunity. I, I think that the, the biggest jump that you see in defenses is that year one to year two with new programs, with new schemes, things of that nature. And so there's a lot of opportunity here. Let's transition to, to game week, man, and, and looking at opening on Monday night against the Clemson Tigers. AP poll came out a, a little bit ago. They're number nine in the country. They're coming to town. By the way, Duke should have been mindset? ranked. I'm just going to say yeah, that. I, Duke should have been ranked. I, I, I agree. I didn't even I know we weren't. But. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's You'll right. have your opportunity. Um, but what's the mindset in this game, man, where the world is going to be watching as, as a team like Clemson comes to the house Monday night? Yeah. You know, one, it's an opportunity. It's less of a challenge, more of an opportunity. That's kind of been our mindset. And, you know, everybody wants to – everybody comes up and says, hey, what's it like to be able to play a team like Clemson and this and that? Yeah, at the end of the day, they're just another team. Uh, you know, they're coming to Durham. So, you know, we think that, you know, we have the home field advantage. We're going to get out there and, and play them like we would anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've been in these big, big bright light situations before, so we know how to handle this. And like I said, it's just an opportunity. we got nothing to lose, so we're going to go out there and, you know, play our heart out. I know you're in the middle of camp right now. We're recording this a little earlier than game week. How does that work when you're, you know, week one, you're always preparing for week one, whether you were playing an FCS team or Clemson. Have you guys started looking at Clemson at all, or has it really been still a focus on you? And just for the listener, it's August 16th right now. So has it really just been the focus on you guys, or have you started looking at the Tigers at all? Yeah, in the quarterback room, we've, we've taken a sneak peek at the Tigers. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're, we're really just focusing on building our foundation, uh, you know, as a program. These first couple of weeks of camp, you really got to figure out what you're about. Obviously, we're on a six-day stretch right now. And we have a scrimmage today, so we're going to figure mm-hmm. out what type of mentality we have, you know, how much energy, how can we push through, you know, how can we finish a six-day stretch and really see, you know, who we can trust, you know, at the end of the day. I love that, man. I love that. How about just, again, what, what do you want people to come away with thinking about Duke after that game? I mean, it is a big game for both schools. When you start in conference play, it's a great opportunity. But I think the uniqueness of it is you play on Monday night. There's nothing yeah. else going on. Everybody – is going to be watching that game. What do you hope the nation comes away with after seeing you play Monday night? Yeah, I, I think people are just going to realize that we're not a one-year fluke team. Uh, you know, we're here to stay. Obviously, we had a lighter schedule, you know, last year. But this year, you know, we're coming. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're coming to win the ACC championship, and we have, we have the goal to do that. Uh, there's, there's nobody that's going to stop us or, or let us think that we can't. Obviously, with the tougher schedule, we're just going to have to prove ourselves and prove to the country that – you know, you don't have to be these four and five star guys. You know, if you work, you know, you work harder than everybody in the off season. You go out and execute the game plan. You know, you can beat anybody. And you have there that you FBI. Go, That's and right. That FBI is your, your <laughs> secret right. weapon, man. Riley, always appreciate you, brother. This was so much fun. Uh, good luck, man. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, guys, so much. 
thanks again to Riley Leonard for joining us way back during camp. That's where when he was talking with us there. As you said, Mac, he had his beard back then. I imagine he could go to Ingalls to get whatever he needs to shave that thing off uh, to get ready <laughs> for the season. And I know for tonight, a lot of Clemson fans listening that have some Ingalls in their local area, that's where you got to go. Yeah. Get ready for the game tonight. You're going to want a full spread, burgers, wings, whatever it is. They've got you covered over at Ingalls. Mac, this game... Is going to be a good one. It's time to discuss. Clemson is a 13-point favorite over the Duke Blue Devils tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock. Now, I want to, I'm going to go ahead and throw out my crazy stat, Mac. You know I love these crazy stats. Let me just throw it out right away. Let's not wait. Duke has been playing football since the year of our Lord, 1888. Yes. Great year. We're going back. Great year. I remember that year well. Okay. Yes. 1888. And since 1888, Duke has won nine or more games seven times, which is insane. Four of them belong to Wallace Wade, who the stadium is named after. Two belong to David Cutcliffe, and one belongs to current head coach Mike Elko. It is very first season. Led Duke to just its seventh nine-win season since 1888. That is insane. So it just puts into perspective what Mike Elko has done at Duke right away, and it's still not getting enough credit. And then here's my other crazy stat, and then we'll just dive in. Duke was 10-3 and three against the spread last year. Mmm. Ooh. All right, Max. So that. let's, let's that, that, That's big time. That's, that's interesting, right? right yeah, let's start with the Duke Blue Devils. If I know there's a lot of Duke fans listening. If there's Clemson fans listening who say, it's, it's Duke, what do you have to say to that? Hold on. <laughs> it's not just Duke. Uh, you know, th- this is a team that, you know, you, you talk about those nine, you know, wins there, but I think the losses are equally as, as important and relevant uh, mm-hmm. because they were by a combined like 14, 16 points. I mean, these guys are two touchdowns away from being undefeated. They're, if you remember the UNC game, yep. they're a phantom high-low game from then winning that uh, one-point loss to, to Pitt. You know, of course, what happened with Georgia Tech, my goodness. I mean, they just forgot how to play football for a half, then come soaring back and then still come up a little bit short there. So for me, KG, I mean, this is a very dangerous team. Uh, And, and of course, it's led by, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Riley Leonard is ready to go. I mean, this dude, I think all the reasons that we love to watch him uh, is because he is a crazy competitor. And it's so weird. It it really is kind of like the – you know, the Mamba mentality, you know, Kobe Bryant, the, the great Kobe Bryant. Um, when he's on the field, he's a different person. Like, he wants to destroy you. Off the field, great. Yeah, awesome, nicest very guy humble, ever. Nicest guy. Would probably not know that he was the, as good of a football player or a football player, just if you met him outside of out of that. But in between those lines, he's trying to destroy you. And uh, I, I think that's such a difference maker with any team, but specifically with this Duke team, because they feel like with him – Line it up, whoever you want. Let's go play. And I cannot wait to see it in person later tonight. It's going to be tremendous. Um, and I think that that is a huge piece of it. You know, not to say that he has to be Superman, because mm. uh, I don't think that's the case. I think they have a lot of other really talented players, and we'll dive into some of those guys. But one kind of stat, my crazy stat for you, uh, when he rushes, yeah, come on, lean in here. Uh, when he rushes for over 60 yards, Duke uh, is 7-1. and one. Wow. I mean, those guys, they're balling. When he's moving – they're feeling really mm. good. So, you know, that will be a huge key for Clemson, but also a huge key for Duke uh, to, to make sure that does or does not happen. That is a great stat, Mac, because Riley Leonard was Duke's leading rusher last year. And to me, here, here are the two big concerns I think you have if you're Clemson. 
A, containing Riley Leonard's legs. By the way, I think it's Duke's offense that concerns you. I'm not sure it's Duke's defense. I, I think Clemson is going to be able to score. But, of course, the big question is what does this new offense look like, and we'll get to that. But defensively, containing Riley Leonard's legs, I think that's number one. And then number two, and this may be the biggest one, Clemson's secondary, which has had issues and had issues last year. And Dabo said on our interview, right, he said some of those guys got exposed last year. Clemson secondary versus these Duke wide receivers, a guy like Jalen Calhoun, Jordan Moore. These are some veteran guys. So to me, that's the matchup that I'm really interested in. Yeah, it really is. And, and again, if, if you know Clemson folks or other folks, anybody is listening to this, you're like, come on, is that cat really that good? You know, is Riley really that good? Well, here's the deal. Mel Kuyper just dropped his big board. Riley Leonard was the third quarterback wow. overall listed. Wait, behind Caleb, Drake, Riley Leonard? Wow. Riley Leonard. For next year. Wow. Not two years for this coming draft. So there's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of high hope. This dude is the real deal. Now, here's the deal, too, though. I think if he comes back, he's number one. Like that's And that's a big difference, right, depending on where you get drafted, what happens. Clemson fans say, what about Cade? Yeah, right. No, he's not up there. No, no, in two years, years, I'm saying. In two right, years. in two years. How fascinating will that be? Mm. Uh, and maybe you see that match up in a, in a championship game. Uh, I'd love to see it. So anyway, you mentioned those guys. You know, we could talk about draft stuff forever uh, and prediction pr- projections and things of that nature. But when I look at, you know, Calhoun, uh, freaky guy, I mean, he's always been twitched up. I remember the first time I went to Duke uh, when we started this thing. I believe that was his freshman year. And uh, I was like, who the heck is that? <laughs> like, this guy looks different than everybody else you have. And at the time, that was true. Um, super explosive, very muscular, very twitchy. Uh, I think we see his final form here. From a leadership standpoint, from a go-to guy, like, I want the ball when stuff's happening. Jordan Moore, obviously, has now transitioned 1,000% to, to wide receiver uh, to see how much better he can get. Because last year it was just, hey, I'm a better athlete. I'm going to figure this out. Let's go. Now it's okay. I know how to play the position. I know how to do this. I know why we're doing different things. So excited to see that. And then, of course, you know, with Eli Pankow, which I hate that he's out. And, and you know, hopefully he returns. But, you know, things that I've kind of heard – you know, through the grapevine, I don't know if he'll be able to or mm. not. Uh, but when you look at Samir Hagens, I think he's ready to go to step up in that spot. And I'm sure there's other guys that will do the same. So the passing attack is certainly going to be uh, very fluid and excited uh, to go against this Clemson defense. That was a weak point of their team last year. There's no beating around the bush for that. Before we get to this Clemson offense and discuss what we think we'll see from this new Clemson offense, What about Duke's offensive line? I know you had them ranked in your top five ACC offensive lines going up against this D-line for Clemson that Davos Sweeney, when he was on with us, was very excited about Xavier Thomas's back for his 17th season. You've got Ruka Rororo, Tyler Davis, young Peter Woods. Can this Duke O-line keep these guys away from Riley? Well, I know who can is, is, you know, Graham Barton. I think he's going to be just fine. But what an opportunity for him to go against all this NFL talent. I mean, when when you look at – you know, two of those guys specifically who you just mentioned in Tyler Davis and Rook, I mean, those guys got second-round draft grades. Like, those should be NFL players right now. They're still in college. So a great opportunity there. I think Xavier Thomas has an opportunity yeah. to explode and, and to be a draft pick. Justin Maskell is an exceptional player. So going against those guys, you have a shot here, and vice versa. Those guys get to go against him. Those guys get to put on great tape and, and battle against him. So, you know, the thing to remember about Duke, they gave up a league minimum 16 sacks last season. You can say everything you want about Riley and his athleticism and all that. I would argue Jordan Travis is a little more athletic, right? Like, let's be real here. The offensive line was really good. Those guys are spectacular. 
They're playing at a super high level. I think Jacob Monk is another guy uh, who I, I, I've heard a bunch of different things. I don't know if he's playing guard or center, uh, you know, but he's a great offensive lineman. And here's the deal. I think he's a better guard. So if they found somebody to step up at center, now you're feeling even better about this offensive line and the things that they can do, you know, moving forward here. So a great opportunity for them uh, being Duke and, and what they are going to go against, but also a great opportunity for Clemson's defensive line to go this really good on good all game long. Yeah, that, that those matchups are going to be really fun to watch, Mac. I can't wait for that. Mac, I really think the differentiator in this game, the reason why you might take Clemson minus 13, and we'll get to this spread a little later, is this Clemson offense, this new look Clemson offense with Garrett Riley, Kay Klubnick, Will Shipley, and these wide receivers who, according to Dabo Sweeney, are healthy, and he's very excited to see. What, what do you think this offense in its debut, it's just week one, but what do you think this offense will look like, Mac? I'm so interested in this. Uh, dramatically different, uh, dramatically better. Uh, you know, I, I think it's already kind of instantly upgraded by that with, with uh, you know, Kate Klubnick going in as quarterback and people say the Orange Bowl, I mean, let's be honest, it looked way better. Than the, the Orange Bowl could have been bad if you had a standstill statue back there, a quarterback that couldn't get out of the pocket. I mean, because Kate got hit a lot too uh, and he was running for his life. Um, but I think just that and, and Kate's progression before I even jump into the, the coordinator and, you know, coach Riley and, and what I think schematically it's going to look like the, everything that I've heard from him, everything that I saw those couple of days that we were there, like his ownership of this team, his will to win, like people have forgotten. I think honestly, KG, that he was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. This isn't some dude that's a project. Like he is a dude, he's a guy and he's ready to go. Um, his dual threat ability is very impressive. His deep ball, his accuracy. Uh, but again, it's that leadership piece that I think is going to be at another level this year. And just something that Clemson, quite frankly, has not had, yeah. you know, from the quarterback a position, a vocal leader, a guy that's going to push you, a guy that's going to tell you that we did something wrong, you know, on a constant basis and try to fix it. So right there alone, KG, I think this team is in a much better place uh, from the, the coordinator spot, you know, and bringing in a guy in, in Riley who was in a national championship, got those guys who we just saw TCU, by the way, get smacked by Colorado. Now, I know they lost mm. a lot of players. I wouldn't say I smacked. they lost a lot of – they were 20-point dogs. Well, yeah, but they dogs. lost by three. They didn't get smacked. That's a 23-point swing. That's getting smacked. The defense let them down. Point. I'll put it that way. Continue. <laughs> hey, two ga- hey, two games in a row. My gosh, don't play defense <laughs> there. Uh, it's not good. Um, but when you look at that, I mean, that team was, was drastically different. And, and I think that – um, you know, Riley's concepts with the pace of play, with what he's running and, and you know, the route tree and personnel. And the biggest thing that we've heard from everybody you talk to, whether it's a player or a coach, is the confidence. Like the confidence is juiced and why he, you know, calls plays. You know, I was talking to Will Shipley in camp and, and just said, what's the biggest difference? And he said, I know any time that he calls my number or calls a, a, a pass play that I'm involved in, he expects me to score. He expects me to have a massive play. And for a player to feel that from a coordinator from the sideline, like that is massive and, and, and gets you excited, gets you going. And so I think that that's going to be a really big deal too. Uh, so seeing that, uh, Shipley I think is going to be fully unlocked. Our guy Jacob Hester said that a couple of months ago. Um, and everything that, 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 again, I see from this young man, is it's going to be impressive. Like hardest worker on the team has been that. I mean, and, and what's interesting is, not that he has to defer some of the leadership, but he doesn't have to carry as much. Mm. Like he's got a buddy, you know, he's got someone else that can help him with that. And how much does that now 
allow him to just be a dog and just go play. Like I don't have to rally the right, whole team. Right. I've got guys that will help me do that, and and especially on the the offensive side of the ball. So I'm fascinated to see that. Can he be more involved in the passing game? I think would be elite. How much do we see him and Mafa on the field at the same time? Mm. I think that could be very like, excited and interesting to see because it's just a matchup problem now that you have to worry about. Um, and so, yeah, I think Ship is going to take a big step forward uh, in his game, which is crazy because he's already been elite. I mean, he was first team all ACC at three positions. How much better can you can you be there? Um, offensive line, I think, is going to be very much improved. Those guys are playing now the position. You looked last year, they had three different guys, four counting a, a – you know, true freshman right tackle that hadn't played that position in a live game, and you're doing it at the highest level. Now those guys have that together. They figured it out. They look good, big, healthy, and strong. And then, as you mentioned it, KG, those wide receivers. That's the question. That's right. That's the That's question. Right. And, Mac, I really think, and one of my favorite quotes of the offseason is when Dabba Sweeney was talking about why he hired Garrett Riley. And he said that when he called Garrett Riley, he was talking to him, Garrett Riley didn't want to call his offense the air raid. He wanted to call it the dirt raid because he wants to run the ball. And I thought, first of all, that's just an excellent Dabo saying, Dabo quote. But I do think, first and foremost, Clemson's going to try to run the ball in this game and establish the run. First of all, your your two most proven skill players, I would argue, are Will Shipley and Phil Moffa. So you want to use those guys. You want to ease Klubnik into this a little bit more. And, you know, you want to be able to control time of possession. But I think you're going to see a lot of trying to run it and then take a shot. And that's what we haven't seen from this offense is trying to take a shot to one of those guys like a Bo Collins or an Adam Randall. But, Mac, am I off on that? I still think the run game is going to be first and foremost for this Clemson team in this Duke game. Am I wrong? Yeah, KG. I mean, I totally agree with with everything that you're saying there. And, again, to, to do that, what does that do? That limits their offensive ability if you're running the ball and eating up that clock. Uh, but also, like you said, it takes some pressure off of Cade Klubnik. He doesn't have to just force the ball downfield, but it also brings those safeties up a little bit, gets everybody's eyes kind of creeping forward for the run, and then the b- big play over the top. So speaking of those wide receivers, I-, I think that Bo Collins is the X factor. I think that he is the guy that you know can maybe have the highest ceiling the fastest, just he's the oldest, uh, things of that nature, where total skill set, you know, being a bigger guy, the possession wide receiver, but also – a guy that can get by you and be a burner as well there. So if he can stay healthy, big expectation for him. Adam Rannell, Antonio Williams, Cole Turner, and then I'll throw Jake Brenningstill in there as well. I think if those five are healthy and able all year long and ready to go, Clemson's going to be scoring a lot of points. Clemson's going to push the ball downfield, have the success that we are used to seeing from the Clemson Tigers, and get this thing back going at a high pace that Clemson fans are excited and expect to see. All right, before we make a pick here, Mac, I think it's it's pretty clear from our analysis that we both think the we think both these offenses are going to be very good. I, I would say we're giving Clemson's defense the edge over Duke's defense for sure. When you look at all the pros on on Clemson's um, defensive unit there, so is the differentiator in this game Duke's defense? Is that kind of the unit that you think is I would say ranked fourth out of four if you're ranking those units? I think that's fair. You know, I, I think if there's probably a little bias, but also what Clemson has, um, you know, in saying that Clemson's offense is equal or better, you know, than Duke's offense. I think when you look at just proven, I think it would be kind of silly to say that, that you know, Clemson has more proven It would be Duke, than, yeah, if you look at proven yeah, commodities. I think, I, I think that. But I, I do think Clemson has the chance to be the better offense. Um, but, yeah, when I look at this Clemson defense, I mean, I think they have the shot to be one of the best in the country. I really do. When you look at the linebacker, you know, position there, 
full of monsters. I mean, when you look at Barrett Carter, uh, Wade Woodass, who I think can be the X Factor, and then the the Axeman, uh, the All American there, and Jeremiah Trotter, they've got a real shot. Uh, you know, to 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 be an elite group that's remembered for a very long time. The defensive line is going to be just gross. I mean, they're so big, so strong. You've got two guys that were second round grade that I think can get up to the first round, but then you've got a guy in Peter Woods that might be the best defensive player they have, which is crazy because he's a baby. He's a true freshman. He's never played in a game. Crazy. But his technician, I mean, his power, his abilities, smart. I mean, he's just a football. He's smart. Like, I I, I spoke about this before, but Brian Brzee told us that he learned how to play football as he went on. Peter Woods has that. Like, he's good now. It's There's not a learning curve, and he has all the tools and the power and the speed. So, excited to see that. And then, like you said, that's secondary. I mean, they're going to be tested early and often, uh, not only with, you know, in, in pass pro or excuse me, pass coverage, but also with Riley getting out in space. Like, if you're in man, you, you can't just, you know, follow your guy 100 yards downfield and then Riley's running and right behind you, there's a touchdown. Like, you have to be really cognizant in this game. You have to tackle. He, Riley's a big guy. If he's out in space, you've got to get going and, and be ready there. So, you know, excited to see how do those guys step up. Uh, this chess match between coordinators on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, and, and really the the mental match of Riley versus Barrett and Jeremiah. Mm. Like, what is that going to look like? Is there changes, audibles? How are they going to try? Because I do think Clemson is going to be multiple. I think that we're going to see some exotic stuff there, whether that's alignment, personnel, uh, moving around, things of that nature, games up front. Uh, I do think that we see some – some in year two of Wes Goodwin, I think we see some more exotic looks from, from those guys. Let's make a pick. Let's make a pick on this football game. Clemson is a 13-point favorite. This game is at Duke. It's at Wally Wade, Wallace Wade, indoor, outdoor, stadium, whatever you want to call it. It's not at Clemson. I think that's a huge factor here. Monday night, all eyes on you. That kind of, you know, this moment, if you will, that factor goes towards Clemson. They're, they're used to these yeah. kind of moments. They're used to this big game. Right. But the fact that it's not in Death Valley, I think, is a big deal. That being said, we have talked, we've talked up Duke so much in this podcast because – Riley Leonard is, is that dude. Yeah. And this team, yeah. they won nine games last year, as we've said. Yeah. And that's a big deal. I think Clemson covers. Ooh. Even though this the is on the road. Moved, dude. The line has moved. Right now, what did you what say it was at? right now? It was Clemson minus 13 last I looked. Before, a week ago, it was 16. Yeah. So this line is, this line is, is you know, gotten short. Here on Sunday. Which I guess, what does that mean? What does that mean? Fill us in, degenerate. Well, that means people are, are leaning towards Duke being able to cover. Which, exactly. you know, 13 is, is not a big number, less than two touchdowns there. But that's also a, a – you set yourself up for a nice little backdoor cover for sure if Clemson scores late, if they're controlling the clock right. and go score. So Come on, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you check our picks – by the way, I went 5-2 and two to start the year. Mac went 6-1. and one. Check out this man. Make sure you're following our Should've picks. Should have been undefeated. Should have been undefeated. I was too dumb too early. With the UConn I got smarter I as the week. I, I got know. smarter as the week went on. So I'm killing it on SiriusXM. I'm killing these guys. Yeah. I'm killing them. Max killing Vegas, destroying them. <laughs> Point is, though, Mac, as good as I think this Duke team is, Clemson finds a way to cover this number. But I think it's yeah. close. I think Clemson fi- covers it towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I do, too. You know, I, I think Clemson is um, – I think they are back. I really do. I think they're back to, to being a dominant team. I think they're back to having that offense. Um, but I am v- – Super excited to see this battle uh, at a lot of different positions, like all across the board. That this is—it's kind of one of those games. It's a lot similar. Again, we 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 don't know what happens in Florida State FSU yet. 
uh, LSU, excuse me. I, I know that We're everyone else does as you're watching past. this. <laughs> but kind of, yeah, right. Uh, like that game, this game has a ton of great matchups where you just want it to be high-level football, not a lot of mistakes, not a lot of penalties. I want the refs to just stay out of it. I hope mm. that it's a, a good, clean Get game by both sides. Yeah, come on. Um, I'm interested to see who the officials are. Anyway, uh, so with that, KG, I, I do think Clemson covers. But I, I have a couple of uh, you know kind of individual things I want to run by you to see what you okay. think here. More passing yards, Riley or, or Cade? I'm going to say Cade just because I think he connects on one or two deep balls, which is what yeah. this offense has been missing. Um, but I think Riley's arm is used more. If you get my, mm. if you get what I'm saying, I think they use mm. Riley more as a passer. Is that because they can't run? Is that what you're saying? A little bit, but also I think Clemson <laughs> is going to Clemson is going to try to pound the rock. They're going to try to run the ball. Yeah. Okay, interesting. It's, I think I'm with you okay. there. So we're a couple of homers here. That's great. <laughs> um, how about sacks? Who gets sacked more? Oh man, I think Riley Least gets sacked team in the league. I think really? Riley gets sacked more. Th- this D line, yeah. I am very very you're interested. You're a homer. I, look, I think most people know I'm not a homer. I mean, I, I picked the Gamecocks the other night, and I did not want to. And obviously, that didn't work out. Um, Big old L. And I was happy to be wrong, to be honest. But I think this Clemson D-line shows itself. And, yeah, Riley's mobile. I mean, Riley's going to be able to get out of there. But honestly, I think both these quarterbacks, because of their mobility, you're not going to see too many sacks. But I think Clemson gets it done in terms of uh, more sacks overall by the defense. I'll say there, there might be a lot of pressures, but yeah, yeah it'll be interesting yeah. to see how does he get out of out of there. Riley's got to make good decisions. Yeah, how do they make good decisions? Throw the ball away, you know, things like that under duress. Um, I was going to say rushing yards, but it sounds like you're heavy <laughs> Clemson there. Yeah, uh, so. I, I think so. How about how okay? How about this? Because Clemson or Duke also, I think, was the best turnover margin. How about turnovers? So who has more turnovers? It's a great point because Duke was so good in the turnover margin last year, so good, mm-hmm. and that was a big differentiator for them and turn their season around. Yeah. To me, Duke wins this game if they win the turnover margin significantly. Okay. I think that's going to be a, like two? that's going to be a difference maker. Plus two? two or more, two or more, yeah. Mm. And they've got to take care of the ball. They can't turn it over. But in games like these, especially when you are a home dog, if yeah. you can get an early turnover and then sure. the confidence flips, the momentum flips, you have. And I think there's going to be a lot of orange in the stadium, sure. But <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not on the road. You're not in a very tough yeah. environment. Turnovers can be the difference maker in this game, Mac. And yeah. Clemson has had last year not very good at the turnover margin. Clemson's had right. some issues with turnovers. Right. Doesn't mean to keep an eye on. It was a trick question for me. I think it's gonna be a clean game. I think we see minimal, if any, you know, turnovers. Maybe it's like a special teams thing. I mm-hmm. think both these quarterbacks take care of the ball. Obviously, both running backs. I mean, Ship and, and Mafa and of course Waters and, and company there with those guys. They're just good. I, I think we see a really clean, very competitive, fun game. So can't wait, KG. Can't I wait. Really can't. I think to your point about that with QBs, neither of these QBs needs to try to do too much. I know that Riley right. is it for Duke, but he's got some great wide receivers, and they do have some good veteran running backs. So, oh, yeah. Neither of these guys need to try to do too much. Don't try to yeah. you know put the team on your back, put the game on your back, get the moment, be it too much for you in that moment. That That's going to be interesting to see which one of them just kind of lets the game come to them. Right, and, and I think quite frankly – just knowing both those guys pretty well, I don't think they'll do that. I think that they will play within the game, you know, kind of where they are in their careers. Um, again, kind of goes back to my thing. I think it's going to be a clean game. Let me add this. Wait. Let me add this. There's more pressure on Cade than Riley. Sure. sure. So Riley's ma- already done it. Can Riley Riley's play a little done. freer? There, there's some yeah. pressure on yeah. Klubnik in this situation. So that's, that's just the nature of the yeah, position. it is what it is. Clemson. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. So anyway, that's it, guys. Super excited. Cannot wait 
for this game. It's been such a great weekend in the ACC. Uh, and football is freaking back, baby. Monday night football. Here we come. I uh, can't wait. Again, appreciate it. You guys tuning in. Uh, our good friends over at Ingles, Cat, for helping us out with Riley. Riley, thank you for your time and, and joining this interview. Uh, to Riley and Graham's mom, thank you for the support. Thank you for watching. Always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, and, and good luck uh, to your sons as we get it going here. But that's it from us. We need you guys to go over to YouTube, subscribe, leave some comments. We really appreciate all the support there. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe as well. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.